Hello, and welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we discuss all things heavy metal. Please check us out as, at our website, themetalpit.org, and on Facebook and Instagram, at The Metal Pit. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is at The Metal Pit 666. Please follow and like and help us grow everywhere. We are always looking for more volunteer album reviewers and writers. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, please send an email to info at themetalpit.org to get more information. Today I have with me my friend and fellow writer, Tom. How are you today, Tom? Hey, Blake. Doing very well, thanks. How are you doing? Great. Great. Now, this is your first podcast episode that you've been on. We've had, yeah. I think this is, this is our eighth or ninth. It kind of depends, but uh, I've been on most of them. So tell people about who Tom is, where you're from, and maybe where yeah. you got in, how you got into heavy metal music. Right, right. Well, um, I live in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, USA, uh, upper Midwest part of the United States. Um and I have been, uh, I'm probably on the upper age uh, cell demographic of metal people. <laughs> um, so I've been around for a while. I'm 59. So I've seen a lot from the very beginning periods of, of metal. And uh, I probably started listening to bands like Rainbow and Montrose and things like that. It was in the 70s. I'd say probably mid 70s. And then... Uh, my big first musical rock group love was Kiss, and that was in the 70s. Um, I come from a musical family, so music was already kind of in, in my DNA. I played music, um, but my you know, music like orchestras and jazz bands and things like that, you know, play in school and then otherwise. So um, metal, I've been with metal for quite a very long time. Uh, I've seen some of the earlier periods and maybe... Uh, the topic we're going to get into today i'll be able to share some of my experiences so longtime metal fans still love it it's all part of us you know the way we think it's a lifestyle i think we all know what that means yes yeah. and and well i'm old too i'm not i'm almost as old as you i'm 56 so yeah <laughs> So we are the best, we are the two oldest people that work for the metal pit here. So yeah, I guess, the, yeah. and we're talking, we're going to be talking about the oldest album we've talked about so far. So, yeah. but we'll get to that in a minute. But first I was just going to ask you, have you been listening to anything like new this week or last week or whatever? Uh, new, the new stuff I've gotten, I've gotten the Black Star Writers album. Um, mm -hmm. This one, of course, is without Scott Gorham. Um, I still think it's pretty good stuff. Ricky Warwick, I really like. I think he's a pretty talented musician. So I kind of like just about anything they would do anyway. So I've been listening to that a little bit. The, the, the stuff that I've been listening to, oddly enough, is not brand new. Um, <laughs> I have been getting into the band from Denmark, Artillery, um, with their last two albums. And they are, they're really good. I'm going to go see them, actually, uh, in, in Wisconsin uh, coming up this uh, September. And I really didn't know a whole lot about artillery. I heard that they're a thrash band, you know, I don't know, but man, oh man, they're really good. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them. So I've been paying a lot of uh, attention to them um, of late and Black Star Writers. And I got an advanced copy of Ross the Boss's upcoming compilation album. I think it's called Legacy of Blood, Fire, and Steel. So I've been kind of listening to that too. I'm familiar with Ross. 
uh, and his music way back from the Man of War days. The yes. dictators, the dictators, don't forget them. Um, <laughs> he's a trailblazer. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been listening to of late. So is, is the comp is it the best of then or what do you mean yeah. a compilation is yeah it? and oh okay what's cool about that is he's got i think most people are most familiar with his last two which was i think in 18 and 2020 i think mm-hmm. but he's got two prior to that um and they're one of, uh, it's called uh, hailstorm is one of his albums and new metal leader is is the second one um, so he on this upcoming compilation album, he's got three songs, I think at least, um, from those two albums, um, couple each. So it might be new to some people because I don't think everybody quite knows about those first two solo albums that he's had. So it's pretty good stuff. It's pretty. Yeah, good I stuff. don't. I've actually never listened to any of his solo yeah. stuff. I don't think. Yeah, so. yeah, it's good. It's good. Now, is there pretty any Man of War songs on here? Like no. That he uh-huh. know. Okay. Nope. These are coming from his four solo records, and it's there's no Man of War material. Now he recorded a couple of Man of War songs um, that you can find out there. Uh, yeah, I think I heard him do "Hail and Kill," I believe. Yep. That's yep. Himself. That is that. Oh, okay. That might be on. That might be on one of them. I think that was. Uh, it was on his uh, the, um, by Bloodsworn. That was mm-hmm. the one from uh, 2018. He did uh, Each Dawn I Die, The Oath, and Hail and Kill. So those three are on those records, but they're not on the uh, the best of the one that's coming up. And yes. I think that okay. released, I think that release date is uh, April 28th. So, um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, okay. So today we're actually, I guess we can get to the group. Well, first, today we're going to talk about a medieval torture device called Iron Maiden. <laughs> but actually, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the band Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to revisit one of their classic albums. I guess they probably have a lot of classic albums. I know I have a few more podcasts lined up with, I think I'm going to do The Number of the Beast with somebody, <laughs> and I think I'm going to do Peace of Mind with somebody. Yeah, right. So, whatever. But anyway, so we're doing the first one, the debut self-titled album. And uh, this was released in 1980. I had the date here. No, I lost it. April in 1980. I can't find the date, but it was April 1980. And the first two albums, of course, feature Paul Diano on vocals, this one and Killers. And then he was replaced for their third album, The Number of the Beast, by Bruce Dickinson, of course, who was on most of the albums. But of course, we do know Bruce left for a couple albums and Blaze Bailey came in. Uh, let's see. So they, they made five albums in their first four years or the first five albums in their first five years after they started releasing albums. So 1980, 1985, they had five studio albums, which is unheard of today. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually one album every five years for groups <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> so when did, so when did you first hear about Iron Maiden or hear Iron Maiden or yeah, did you um, first get this album? Or It's maybe? kind of interesting because I, Lived in a small city, 30,000 people, um, in 1980. And I was in, I was a a junior in high school. So right at the time this album was being released, I was turning 18. (laughs) Or 17, I'm sorry, 17. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was in high school. And the strange thing is, I, back in those days, we didn't have the internet. So it was kind of hard to 
get real true news, but somehow, some way, we did get news, and it just kind of, through osmosis, drifted our way, and we heard about this. Kerrang! Magazine was a big source, but I don't think Kerrang! was around till 81, actually. I don't, I'm not sure about that, but I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I heard about Iron Maiden. I don't know. I can't tell you where I heard about where I heard about them from I don't remember but I remember hearing that band's name and they were making a lot of racket a lot of noise over in England before this album came out they've been a band for a few years already um but they were getting a lot of traction a lot of notice in England somehow some way I heard about it and my local record store in a city called Manitowoc Wisconsin that's where I'm from is where I purchased the first Iron Maiden album, but I purchased it on import. So it wasn't even released in the United States yet. Mm-hmm. And the, the manner that I got it was the record store that I bought my records from had a relationship with a record store in Milwaukee, the big city in the state, right? They order stuff. It was called Radio Doctors. That was the name of the record store mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. So they would get these imports in and he would have them shipped up uh, to my hometown um, if you place an order. And there's like, it's like an hour and a half um, apart, the two cities. So um, <laughs> UPS delivered it up to my record <laughs> store. So I actually had the first Iron Maiden album. Uh, before it was released in the United States. It was, I can't remember what gap of time it was, but it was a couple of weeks at least. Yes. So I'm pretty certain I'm the first person ever to have it in my hometown that bought an Iron Maiden album. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I got it. That's how I got it. It's kind of cool that way. And, so you actually, you didn't, <clears throat> you didn't hear them before you got it. You just no, got it, right? Didn't, okay. didn't hear. I, like I said, we heard some things about the band. And I, that's all I can tell you. We just thought it was a cool name for a band. Me and my friend. Yeah. Uh, a couple of friends that I had that were in the same kind of music. Um, but yeah, we took chances all the time. And actually, there was a tour called Metal for Mothers. Um, yes. There was an album also. I believe we heard about Made and we heard about that tour because I think like Motorhead and Saxon and Samson, mm-hmm. I think were some of the bands that were involved with it. And I think Maiden was part of that for a while and then they they got their record deal with emi and i think they started recording it when this metal for mothers tour was going on Mm -hmm. i heard about them i do remember that i did hear about them uh in regards to that tour so yeah so it was just it was kind of cool how it all felt you know felt in place together and then i saw the album cover like holy cow that's really cool it's got to be good right (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's how I became aware of the band. That's how I got it. I loved it right away. It had a really unique sound. Uh, yes. So his sanctuary isn't on it then? On mine, it wasn't because mine came yes. from England. Yes. And right. and I think that's like I think there was a U.S. version, of course, that had it on there. Yes. It's funny because I mine didn't, but when my friends bought it. Sanctuary was on theirs because that was the U.S. release. Yes, Capital Records, I think it was, and in, in the U.S., I think it was. Yes, that's right. I had the I had the EMI record. <laughs> that was kind of fun too. Um, just to have it, you know, just to have it. That was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So that my my version did not have Sanctuary on it. 
Okay, yeah. So that's what I figured from reading and hearing that you got an import. Even, I don't know why, but on Spotify, you can't listen to Sanctuary for some reason when you listen to this album. So I don't know if it's got something to do with Dennis Stratton, maybe? Maybe. Some kind of 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 publishing or, I don't know, copyright. Who knows? (laughs) Yes. And so... Yes, because uh, Sanctuary was released as a the second single in the UK. Yeah. It was a non-album single. Right. So it's kind of strange how they would have an extra song sitting around to right. release yeah. as a single. I don't know. But I'm sure they had songs they didn't use. So so I guess I'll say, but when I first heard Iron Maiden, yeah. now for me, I was I didn't hear, okay, I heard my first Iron Maiden album was The Number of the Beast. And it was on my birth. Actually, you said you got the first one around your birthday. Well, I got yeah. Number of the Beast on my birthday. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I live in a small, smaller town than you did. My <laughs> town is St. Mary's, Ontario. You're in Canada. Yeah. And there was like 5,000 people here. Oh. And I remember we have we had a variety store and it had sold some records. And... I would just go look at records something because I was I didn't listen to any heavy metal yet because uh-huh. I mean except for stuff on the radio like Led Zeppelin or ACDC yeah. or whatever that but I didn't know anything about this thing called heavy metal. <laughs> but I would start buying magazines like Circus or Hit Parader or whatever because yep, sure. it had some stuff about you know Led Zeppelin or Deep Purple that I liked. And I saw an ad in the paper or in the mag- one of the magazines, Circus, I think it was, and it was about this group called Iron Maiden that was playing in New York, Madison Square Garden. They were playing a concert, and it just said, yeah. it said about leather and a monster and stuff. And I said, <laughs> yeah. wow, that sounds pretty cool. Right. So then I told my brother, hey, go for my birthday. If this store here in St. Mary's has the number of the beast by Iron Maiden, get it for me. And if they don't have that, get me John Cougar Mellencamp because I used to listen to the radio. <laughs> and lucky for me, they had Iron Maiden there at the yeah. store in St. Mary's, Ontario. <laughs> so awesome. I got the number of the beast. And so as soon as, just like you said, as soon as I listened to that, I was hooked on Iron Maiden and I had to know what this heavy metal thing was. And so I bought more magazines. And so I can't, I know as soon as I got the number of beast and found out there was two albums before it, I had to <laughs> get it. Now I can't remember where I went and got those. I don't know if they had those in St. Mary's or not, but I know yeah. I would have. I ran out and got those two and the Maiden Japan EP, also that they had because they had to have everything with Iron Maiden, right? On. Of course, right? <laughs> so that's how I discovered Iron Maiden. And so I already heard, so for me, like, of course, I heard Bruce Dickinson and Armor of the Beast, so it's a lot yeah. different than Paul Diano and the sure. older songs, but that's just the way it turned out that way. Now, so I want to talk a little more about the album before we start talking about the songs. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we had, like I say, Paul Deano on vocals and guitarists were Dave Murray, who has been in the band forever. And the second guitarist was Dennis Stratton. And that was the only album he appeared on. Yeah. As he kind of he sounded like he wanted to go more Queen-like or something with the music. So Steve Harris yeah. did that. It's, so I right. know, It was Steve's have. band primarily yeah. and... He had a vision and he was influenced by, you know, UFOs of the world and some of the older. Yeah. And uh, wishbone ash and things like that. He wasn't yeah. into, he wasn't interested in playing straight rock. That no. was, that was going to be a decision that Dennis probably wasn't going to win. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so of course, Steve Harrison, bass, like he just said, and Clive Burr was the drummer and he was on the first three albums before he left the band for yeah. Nico yeah. McBrain to come in. 
So this album was produced by Will Malone, who I think after they already fired two producers before him. And then it, I read that he was he didn't have much interest in it either. And he really just kind of let the band do it themselves. <laughs> so the group wasn't really now. I'm not sure when they weren't happy with the production. I'm not sure if they weren't happy back when they're whatever they were, 1920, whatever they how old they were when they did yeah. But they said they weren't really happy with the production, but they wanted to get their album out there. Right. Of course, this was in the early days of heavy metal, but this was like a different sound than anything we heard before, different than Sabbath or Priest right. that came before. And it had a punk kind of feel too. it, even though Steve Harris doesn't <laughs> want to hear that. He Don't tell me that. Punk music, but I think it's kind of in there. <laughs> it does. And I think, yeah. And I think Paul's voice. Yes. Um, Lee would lead you to believe that a little bit, but yes, but you could still see, and you still had, um, little bits and pieces of them with their time signature changes in some of the songs, mm -hmm. you know, that, that punk music wouldn't be able to do. They're not no. musicians like these guys are. Yeah. Um, so you did have that element. You had that because the production is kind of gritty. Yes. Um, even for a 1980 album, mm -hmm. but it still was clear. I, I actually like the sound on it. I always have. Um, yeah, but I guess but the songs yeah. probably could be more fuller, maybe you could say, yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But, but uh, for a first it... album, and like this is their, they've had, I uh, forgot to mention that, they've had 17 studio albums, yeah. and 13 live albums, which is <laughs> kind of yeah. strange. It's, yeah. They have so many of those. And of course, they know got all kinds of best ofs and EPs and things like that. And I actually also have a vinyl single from, I don't know, it's got the Iron Maiden album on the back cover, but it's for the song Women in Uniform. Oh, for sure. An yeah. Invasion. Yeah. But, and it has Phantom on the Opera Live, but it's, I don't really, maybe this was between like this one and Killers, this came out. I don't know, but I just was looking Probably. through my vinyl and I saw, oh, I have this because I'm going to mention something that's on this cover later on in our thing i think where did i see that oh maybe it was after i'm gonna talk about that i don't remember because those those like special project albums or eps they all run together to me in my mind there's so many of them <laughs> you know like they'll do covers and i i didn't really pay i didn't buy any of that stuff i just wanted whatever albums are putting out um so i personally didn't I did buy the Made in Japan EP, but that was more of an official, official release. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think I, the really only the reason I bought this stuff was because of the artwork. There are great artwork because this uh, invasion single, I mean, women in uniform single is it look because this is the second single I read. I thought I wrote this down to talk about, but I know they had some controversy for their first single because it had a picture of Eddie draped over a woman that looked like Margaret Thatcher, who was the prime minister of the United Kingdom yeah. at the time. And yeah. they got a lot of slack for that. <laughs> and so this, this single has Eddie walking with two girls down a street and a Margaret Thatcher person has a gun. And it looks like she's getting her revenge on Eddie yeah, yeah. on this cover, whatever. <laughs> so I don't know if they were trying to make it up to people and saying, Oh, here she is. She's going to get him back. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get to the, songs and i think yeah. i said everything i needed to say before so the first track is prowler so oh, tell me what yeah. you think of prowler that's the first song i heard that is on side one of the album i <laughs> loved it right off from and that still is one of my favorite iron man songs it's a kind of not what 
intuitively you think about a lot of people, Iron Man, you know, geez, that song, but I still love that song to this day. Um, and that punk feel was in that mm-hmm. song too. Yes. Um, but I really liked it. I just liked the opening from the very opening riff um, right all the way through that song. I just love that song. And I it was off to a very good start, very pleasantly pleased and happy. Uh hearing that song and it's like well all right what's it gonna do next what's it, what's it gonna be here so yeah that song i really love totally love it yes it's a good, yeah and i also was gonna say that it has the punk feel to it kind of does yeah <laughs> and it's not the kind of lyrics they'd write now where you got this sweet story of a stalker spying on a female yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the lyrics like well you see me crawling through the bushes with yeah. it open wide whatever mm-hmm. But definitely, yes, they definitely were young back then, of course, too. Yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't write songs like that. Yeah. But yes. I like it. Love that song. Fantastic. Yes, it's a great song. So then we got, we slow down, well, partially slow down anyway for Remember Tomorrow. So what do you think yeah. of this track? This is where those time signature changes come into play. You know, they crescendo up, you know, pick it up a little bit. I thought, hmm, that's interesting because that's a progressive kind of a song, but it's a heavy song. And I just, at that stage, uh, after this, after when this song was on, I started to realize these guys are really good players. They're good at their instrument. And mm-hmm. it really comes through on that. So uh, that, that was a sign of things to come in their career that set the table for some of these longer, um, not that this is a terribly long song, but you know, more progressive feel for yes. So that was an interesting song song for me. It just it kept you like thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. Not everybody was doing that. So it was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. And I like I I kind of like Diano's slow vocals better than his whatever, more screaming ones or whatever. Right. But maybe it's just yep. made for that. Cause he, I know I like his slower vocals better than, say, Bruce Dickinson, because he's more of a whaler and yeah. stuff. And so yeah. I think these tracks, if if you ever hear these tracks by Bruce Dickinson, I do prefer to hear them yep. by Paul Diano. Not that I, I, I have seen him live with Paul Diano, but... Yeah, <laughs> I have. I actually... I mean, you I saw did. Iron Maiden with Paul? Yeah, yeah. 1981 <laughs> in Milwaukee. Um, there's uh, an event each year in Milwaukee called Summerfest. And it's mm-hmm. at the time it was 10 days where it's, it's a, it's a music festival, but it's kind of like a humongous, like say county fair, or state fair. It's, it's really big. And they have probably 10 different stages there. They still do Summerfest here today, but it's broken up into different weekends, mm-hmm. but Maiden, it was in June of 81. And as a matter of fact, you can find that on YouTube, that whole show. I just came across that not oh. too long ago. Like, <laughs> holy smokes, I was there. Yeah, 81. It was technically the Killers Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of like a, it was kind of in that weird area, kind of like where ACDC was between Back in Black and For Those About to Rock. Mm-hmm. So there was a tour in there. I saw that tour for ACDC. It was I don't think for those about was even out yet. And it's kind of the same way with this tour that it was kind of an odd time. I don't really remember if Killers is actually released. It probably was, but yeah. So I saw Paul, I saw Paul uh, with Maiden 
and then I saw, of course, Clive, Clive Burr. Yes. I saw, but I saw Clive twice. And the second time I saw him was uh, off the album that you first heard was Number of the Beast. I saw. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I can say that. Heck, I saw, you know, Paul Deano sing with Maiden. That was pretty That's fun. cool. It is. Yeah, I, I didn't see them live till 1984, but we'll talk okay. about after the album, we'll talk more about seeing them live because I'm yeah. sure I've seen them multiple times. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> so yeah. try not to let me forget that. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> so next, we got another punky kind of song feel to yeah. it with Running Free. Yeah. At that you... time, that at that time, after listening to it probably for the first 10 times, Running Free was my favorite song on the album. Mm -hmm. um, at that time. It's not now, but it was at that time because I thought this is how you sing a rock song, man, with aggressiveness and, you know, just real grit. That was Paul's, you know, voice coming through and, you know, short and choppy, you know, that was good stuff. And that had another bit of a kind of a punk feel, like you said, but that was my favorite um, song at the time. So I still have great memories of the song and, it's still, I like it very much, but uh, that was my favorite song off the album in the very early times of listening to it. I think it probably was for me too, actually. But, oh, yeah? cool. you know, now, again, like I already knew Iron Maiden before I got this album here in the Northeast, yeah. Yeah. but I do know when I heard, I because I still like Paul when I heard these two albums, I still yeah. like the songs. Yeah. I might like Killer's album a little better than this one, but still I liked his vocals. Yeah, and can just sense that. So, did you hear Maiden's any? Did you hear any songs from the first two before you got Number of the Beast, or did you not at all? No, I would. No, I would say I just since I got the Number of the Beast and loved it, I just whenever I first had the chance to get to another yeah, record okay. store, I just bought it without That's like I don't. I didn't need to hear it. It was Iron Maiden, and they changed <laughs> my life, kind of my musical yeah. life. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, yeah, I, it's whatever. And even like, because you said you took chances on buying albums. Yes, that's you what did. I did too. Like, I would just see guys with long hair and think, well, I'm buying that. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> or a scary people, album cover or something. Yeah, you can't, people can't you even relate to that it. anymore. So you can find it on YouTube or whatever, anywhere. Oh, yeah, I you know. know like, like, there were times where, like, I have no idea what this is going to be like, but I don't. I hope it's good. Yeah, because I know I would go to a record store and I would buy some, and then the guy at the counter would go, oh, what's this like? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> because But he obviously liked heavy metal, too, and I was buying some. I wasn't buying any yeah, meat. I was buying some. And, Blake, it's just, it's so weird because more, almost every time we did find out about this stuff, and it was good when we finally listened to it. I don't know. It just really worked out really favorably back then but somehow some way we got word coming down to us i don't know how but um <laughs> but it's certainly true that <laughs> there were times yeah, no, i think I, I might have a, like because i got like 300 vinyls from yeah, like the old yeah. days and there might be a few i'll go oh i, I remember buying this but i didn't yep. like it or whatever yeah. but more or less yes it was yeah. you know there was a lot there wasn't as many bands of course back then as there is now so i think the music was better because you yeah. know they had to have a contract they couldn't just make an album in their basement or right, whatever right. with their computer they had to yep. be yeah it's pretty yeah. nice how it worked out most of the time it did work out okay there were some clunkers in there but yeah. not, bad, not a bad not a bad yeah. ratio 
And of course, Running Free is also on their first live album, which was Live After Death, 1985. That's the yeah. song they chose. They had the big crowd sing along thing. Yeah. And it's just funny that it's a Paul DeAnno song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then we got now a lot of people. This is a lot of people's favorites, maybe not mine, but it's Phantom of the Opera. So yeah. how do you like this song? Oh man, I just love that that beginning part. Just Steve Harris playing bass along with either Dave or Dennis. Just that 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 very beginning. That I love that. It's it just sounds so cool. Um, it was a cool name for a song, so I was already into that. Um it just I, again for this song for me the musicianship jumps out at me and it's this song too it's one of my favorite iron maiden songs it is i just really like that song so yeah so that i that concluded i think side one too i think that was the last song on side one and i just like i gotta flip this album over and it's not and keep playing it because this is great stuff so i thought that was a very cool song uh yes i was and um now for me i didn't really like it a whole lot but you can definitely see the progressive metal feel to this song and yeah. you can lead to you already mentioned this before about uh remember tomorrow but you can definitely sense where they're going yep. later on or where they came from i mean like yeah. think oh this kind of sounds like phantom of the opera or this has the same feel phantom yeah. of the opera and i know it's a lot of people i think if they could re if they could have re-recorded this like about the production thing they probably would have made it fuller sometimes Right. With the music, but yes, it's a great song, but it's just not one of my favorites on it. Yeah, but that's okay. you know, just think yeah. of like this song if it was if it didn't exist yet and they wrote it for Killers and Martin Birch produced Killers, how much yeah. that could have really jumped yeah. out even more. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And oh, then sure. you're right, that was the end of side one. And then they started off side two. Oddly, I find that not too many groups did this, I don't think, but they have an instrumental with Transylvania. Yeah, yeah that's pretty fun. I, I, you know, I like instrumentals a little bit, not a lot. This one I really like a lot. I like this instrumental a lot. I don't know, it just, it's catchy to me. Um, it's got some nice hooks in there. And I would play that because... You know, once you have an album for a while, you maybe select three songs that you really want to listen to each time you play it. Um, this was one of them. I would play this. I would not skip by it. So that this still was an album that I, or a song that I really liked a lot. And for me, in instrumentals, sometimes in instrumentals can be kind of boring, but I was not bored by this at all. It's a good song. I like it. Yeah, it is like, you know, like uh, on a... Uh... Power Slave, I think there's one lost for words, and mm -hmm. I kind of find myself, I think, skipping that one. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> but this yeah, this is a pretty good, like, cause I even find the music, like we just mentioned, I mentioned that Phantom of the Opera could have had some moments where the sound was fuller. Well, this this song, maybe they spent more time producing this one since yeah. there was no yeah. lyrics <laughs> to it or something. I don't know. But yeah, it is. A, I really do like that one too. Yeah. For sure, I really. Like and I thought it showed they have guts to put an instrumental song, yep. like on your first album. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're not established yet. Yeah, and they're not going to be on the radio or nothing like that. So, so I yeah, think that, that and I think that is a testament to how good the song is. They felt comfortable yes. enough putting on an instrumental on their first record. So there you go. And then we have, and I guess this is kind of like a full-on ballad, I guess, with Strange World. Oh, man, though. 
I, again, I play this song. I still play this song. And I don't know what it is. It's a little texturing guitar parts they have. It's just, I really like this song. Um, and I think Paul Diano has that live assault in South America. I think they, I think this song might be on that live Diano Killers album. Mm -hmm. But this song, I still play this song. And I don't usually go for the sauce soft material, but I like this song is because if I if you recall, it kind of just fades into the song after uh, the instrumental a little bit. And mm -hmm. it's a good I think that was a really cool transition on, on that album. And uh yeah, no need to take that off. I'm still playing that. <laughs> Yes, I'm I'm not a ballad fan, which some if people have listened to other podcasts, they'd hear me say that yeah, probably yeah. every time we do one. <laughs> but I like the song though. I do. I like yeah. all vocals, like on this, like I said, on the slower parts. Right. And so yeah, I really like this song. And if I listen to this album, I don't skip the song either. For sure. It's yeah. probably one of my this could be my favorite. Uh like running free was my favorite. Like now, probably this yeah. one is probably my favorite. I think. Oh, yeah. wow. This or remember cool. tomorrow. I like those two. Yeah. I mean, I like all the songs, but I mean, I think those would be my favorites from this album. Yeah, cool. So then we got uh let's see, we got uh okay on my album, we got Sanctuary. Now, do you want yeah. to talk about Sanctuary? <laughs> sure. Um <laughs> if there was one of the songs that I didn't mind not having on it, this would be one. It's not one of my favorites. Um, it's okay. You know, it's a fast, up-tempo song, so it's got that going for it. But um, I don't, eh, I don't really play this that song anymore. But it's it's not a bad song. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't consider it like filler. I don't think it's filler. It's a decent enough song, but it doesn't do much for me. It just never did. Um, once my buddies got <laughs> their copies. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I was. Yeah, I remember saying, "Oh, you know, why? If there's a song not to be on mine, this might be the one." So I kind of lucked <laughs> out. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's a bad song. That's not. No. Yes. Yeah. I like. Just, I like the song, but again, you know, I of course, since it was on my album, yeah, um, whatever, it just makes sense. And they still play. I don't know about. Like, I haven't seen Iron Maiden in a few years live, but they would always play it too, right? During the encore, usually, Sanctuary yeah. would come up. And it's yep. kind of funny how you say it's a song you could have did without, but <laughs> they played it many, many times yeah. <laughs> live, even though, again, it's a Paul song and not a Bruce yeah, song. Right, right. Yeah. So then we got uh, Charlotte the Harlot. Yeah. Um, there's a slower. They slow it down mid-song, roughly, um, and then they build it back up. I like that part. I wonder, do you know if this is a song that, dave murray wrote yes it is yes i think it is isn't it it's the only one i think on this album yeah, that he yeah wrote. i think dave did this song believe, yes. wrote it but i like this i like it i like it a lot because of that that kind of like it it doesn't like it doesn't go mellow it just slows down a little bit and then they build it back up and then they go into the lead uh, guitar solo part i think so that i like the song pretty good stuff pretty good stuff and this, of course, is part of the Charlotte saga. Do you know about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, 
we'll talk about it. <laughs> so this was supposedly was about a real person. I don't know if her name was Charlotte or not, but uh, Dave Murray knew that, you know, a working girl, I guess, on the street. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got four tracks now that are about this Charlotte person, I guess. This, the next one would be 22 Acacia Avenue right, on the yeah. album. And then Hooks in You on No Prayer for the yeah. Dying. And from here to eternity on fear of the dark. Now I'd have yeah. to go back and listen to those two songs again because I don't listen to those albums too much. Right. I'd have to go back and listen to the lyrics closely to hear that. I definitely knew it from 22 Acadia Avenue, but I just found this information out today about those other two songs. Yeah. Yep. So then and then it's the last song, which is yeah. of course Iron Maidens. Yeah, you know. They played every concert, and <laughs> I wish they didn't. <laughs> but here's the weird thing. I like it on the record. I don't like it live. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, but I'm, I'd rather have them pick something else, but they're never going to, because that's when they march yes. Eddie out there, or whatever yes. version he is, you know. And yes. They have some interaction with him, and he comes up on the stage, and blah, blah, blah. So I wouldn't imagine that's ever going to change, but... Um, on album, I really like it. Um, but when I see it live, I don't know why. I, I, and I Was don't it anything really, about the vocals, like it might be, it, it might be, it might be because I'm not a how, how should I say it? I'd rather, I don't really care for Bruce's voice on the older stuff, and maybe that's just because. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, yeah, it wasn't originally done with him yes. performing the vocals. I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but it's not as appealing to me, yes. And that could very well be why, yeah. Well, songs like that, like Killers, they seem like they're made for Paul's vocals, yeah. they're yeah. not made for Bruce's vocals, right? right. So, I kind of feel I'm sure that they way, are yeah. better when Paul sang them live, yeah, I think so. So then, like you mentioned, yeah, this is the only Iron Maiden song that has been played at every single <laughs> Iron Maiden live show, yeah. unless they had one canceled because of weather or something, maybe. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know how many other bands would play yeah. one song every single right. <laughs> show. Yeah, just... But yeah, it's, like you said, it's for when 80 comes out, so they're never going to not do it. Right. People know it, expect it. They know when it's coming, if they hear the Iron Maiden starting that, Oh, well, shows well, it's not over. There's still going to be three or four or five encores, right? <laughs> but you know, Eddie's yeah. coming out, so you can look, start looking to see where Eddie is because you know, yeah. some people get tired and sit down, but if they hear Iron Maiden song on, they know right. they got to get up. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think I'm probably in the minority that would rather not have them play it live. I think most of the fans really like it a lot. Well, I think I think it's it's just the event. Like, I mean, I think I don't know if the song is necessarily stands up yeah. over all these years. Like, I like the song, but it, it's really a short song too, right? Yeah. And, and I do like the way Paul sings it, but I've never really not liked it in concert, just because you know, you know, this is it. This is right. Eddie coming out, yep. and whatever they're gonna leave or whatever. Yeah. So, yep. and yeah, sure. and it's so short. There's not that much lyrics to it anyway. But yeah, it's just kind of funny how the lyrics are, wherever you are, Iron Maiden's going to get you no matter how far. And it's funny, they wrote that line, and it's still true today <laughs> know, right? about the group Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, so they, it's all well tied together. I comprehend that. It's just, I don't know. Yes. Like, eh. 
can take so it. So that's all the songs on the album. So yeah. uh, what would you give this album out of 10 if you were going to rate it? Maybe you can say what you would have gave it back then when you were 17 yeah. if you reviewed oh, it. And what yeah. you would give it now if it's any different. It's not different. It's a nine <laughs> for me. Nine, um, okay. This is this Iron Maiden album is in the top five or six for me favorite albums of all time. That's mm-hmm. how much I like it. And maybe sometimes uh, it's due to the time of your life when you because mm-hmm. you associate albums with what you were doing in that particular year or time period. So for me, uh, being seventeen, <laughs> I don't think there are too many ages that are better um, <laughs> of being you know into a band than 17 yes. 70 high school man you know it's you're going out now you're having fun you know that's that's a great age to have this album come out so maybe partially it's because of that i relate it to really yes. good really good memories in general but it's a nine then it's still a nine now i play it i play it still um on a semi-regular basis so mm-hmm. It has not faded. If anything, it's gotten even a little stronger because now it's kind of established itself as almost like a cult album, you know, where, yes. you know, people are acknowledging it. Maybe some of the younger fans that didn't have the chance to hear, you know, for a little while. Now it's gaining like this, this mythical stage. And maybe that's one reason why too, but it's a nine for me. Love it. Just love it. I think for me, probably when I was, uh, whatever, 16 or 17, when I would have got it, like after I got the Beast, uh, I probably would have gave it a 10 back then. <laughs> because I was just, I was just so excited about the stand yeah. music that I was hearing. But now, I think now I would give it like an 8 out of 10, I think. Just mostly because I like Killers better, so I'm thinking we'll probably give Killers 9, so let me say <laughs> I'll give this one 8 because I like Killers better. Right. But and like you were just saying about nostalgia and stuff. So like if somebody says to me, what's your favorite heavy metal album? Mine's the number of the beast because that's the first one I had, right. even though I'm sure there's albums that are really better than it. But for me, yep. no, I'm saying the number of the beast because right. that did it. <laughs> yep. You, you mean, now, what about you? You mentioned like, because, yeah, for me, like I'm in a 17 studio albums. Do you listen to much of the newer stuff? very often or are you always going back to your classics here no i don't i i go back and this is I, i'm not saying they're bad albums um mm-hmm. brave new world is the last album that i'll listen to on a regular basis by me and mm-hmm. i don't book of souls no this last one no um <laughs> i don't really care for them i think you know but look the band's been around for a long time they've recorded a lot of songs it's not as easy to come up with a song now you've got already you know what i don't know 100 plus songs in your catalog it's not as easy yes but most people really like their their newer releases i'm not one of them um i still love the band but if i need uh, a fix i'm going to the first one i'll go to number of the beast and i'll go to peace of mind you know those i don't Mm -hmm. i don't I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't played those last two since, you know, briefly after they were released. I just, mm-hmm. Brave New World, I think, is excellent. And that's really the last album that I'll probably have in regular rotation. So for me, it's it's the older stuff. Yes. Well, uh, when they come out with a new album, I always buy it. Mm-hmm. 
and listen to it a few times, but usually it's like, oh, I think it's time to go listen to the beast again or whatever, or power yeah. slave or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's not that, yeah, you're right. It's not that the songs are bad. It's just, I don't know. You can't, they can't match. They can't top what they did back then, 80 to 85, I don't think, or other people will be a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Brave New World too. And I like uh, Fear of the Dark and some of the songs of No Prayer for the Dying or whatever. But uh, for me, like if I only had picked, if I could only pick five Iron Maiden albums to keep, it'd be the first five. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd it, take the two Deanna ones over anything after yeah. Power Slave for yeah, myself. Yeah. And that, you know, that's kind of a gnat that, that happens a lot of times with a lot of bands, you know. Yes. Yeah. They say, you know, you, you have your whole life to write your first album, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a year or two to write your second one. There's the truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, even, yeah, groups like, you know, all these older groups like Metallica, like I'm going to say, well, I listen to the first three albums more than I do any of the ones after yeah. that night or yeah. Yeah. anything. Let, well, maybe not Led Zeppelin there. Yeah, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon, so it's not like they're the only band that, you know. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, it's, it happens. <laughs> now, I don't have a lot of information on sales here. I know it went plat. Iron Maiden's debut album went platinum in the UK and in Canada. I didn't see any information about the United States, so maybe it didn't I even reach gold in the States. I don't know. It doesn't at the uh, time it didn't because okay. you really had to track it down yeah. um, initially to get it. At the time, I think by now it's gotta be at least gold. That's five. Yeah, you would think so, yeah. But because people would go back and revisit the first two when you still could sell albums when albums were selling, you know, and artists were making money on albums a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if somebody discovers Iron Maiden, like with Sinjitsu or whatever, the last album, like, I don't know if somebody could discover (laughs) Iron Maiden there. Right. So are they going to go back 17 albums to get the first one? I don't Uh, know. I don't know people's mindset with, I know my mindset when I was 16 was I'm going to buy the first two albums. It it was no question about it. Yeah. So I, I think, don't know about nowadays, though, with social, I mean, you can just listen to it on Spotify. You right. don't have to go buy it, right? So, <laughs> But I think by the time the 80s were over, I think at that time, I think it, in the United States, I'll bet, I'll bet the first album went gold by the, the close. I would assume 89. it probably must have gone gold. I, I would, I would I think so. Didn't see yeah. Where I was reading, it didn't have any information. Yeah. It did say it peaked at number four in the UK album charts, and that's the only thing I could find that was high on a list was UK and their home country, their home, whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay, so now we're going to do the top, our top 10 maiden songs yeah. of all time here. <laughs> and so we'll kind of, we're probably just going to, since we just talked about what our kind of favorite albums are, I'm sure yeah. our songs are going to be in there. there so I'll let you, you can go first and you can start at your number 10, I guess, if you want. Yeah, number 10 is Phantom of the Opera. I just, that that opening is still in my brain and I'll, it will never go away. I love that. So, yeah. Um, do you want me to do all 10 or just? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you oh, do okay. your 10, then I'll do my 10. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, at nine, I've got Where Eagles Dare. Um, mm-hmm. If nothing else, for uh, the drum intro, because I like drums. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that's one of my favorite drum intros ever. And I think Bruce really sings, really sings great on that mm-hmm. album, on that, on that song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, totally features his voice. Eight, I've got Can I Play With Madness, which is, oh, and it's, it's weird because I just like, I like the way Bruce handles the in-between verses. Um, it, they're not words. He kind of hums a little bit. Oh, you know, I'm not going to try to do it. Uh, <laughs> but it's got a good groove to it, and I like it. A little bit of little cowbell on there, too. So I, I really like that song. It's not the heaviest song by them, but it's it's. I just like it a lot. <laughs> and then at number seven, uh, one off the first one again. Remember tomorrow. I just the song's great. I love the progression, and I love the uh, time changes and how they pick it up and lay it back down. So that's good. Six, I've got Revelations from the great album, of course. But a, another song like that that has a slower part and then a louder part. Um, Number five, the trooper. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just you know the that you know I don't know was that the first like Iron Maiden gallop song I don't know was it? Yeah, I kind of think it was. Might be. Actually. Yeah, and I like the gallop. I do like yeah. that quite a bit. Uh, four is Prowler, so it's like my fourth <laughs> favorite Maiden song. It's way <laughs> up there. But I, on the because when I dropped the needle on that album and that song started, it it's like holy hell i really like this stuff <laughs> second is maybe a song that not everybody thinks of murders in the room org that's your second or third uh that's that oh i'm sorry that's second i skipped over one. Oh, okay sorry about that third is number of the beast oh, okay yeah uh sorry i messed that up that's all uh, right yeah um so yeah so number of the beast just the beginning you know the the narration uh, and you know, mm -hmm. opening when Bruce sings and he's got a little bit of guitar in the background. Oh, man. And the build it up, you know. Oh, oh, oh. That's just, a, I love the song. Love the song. Love the topic. Oh, all that kind of stuff. And then my favorite is Hallowed Be The Name. Uh, oh, okay. um, Number of the Beast. That's just, to me, that is Iron Maiden. That is the essence of that band. Because yeah. it's got everything in it. It's got everything in it. It's just, and that note that, for me, the time is running low. And how he holds that note for when the band starts kicking in and he holds it and he holds yeah. it and he goes up and he goes back down. That to me is Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden. That is just so plus the song is just awesome all the way through. But yeah, Hallowed is my favorite Maiden song. There's some good ones I didn't I not in that aren't in my top ten. Well, but yeah, of course there's gonna be a lot. And so <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. I remember playing how would be the name to my mom. I would say, Hey, listen to this mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think she really cared, but anyway, <laughs> I played it for her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my, my top 10, now I don't have any songs from the album. We just talked about actually. Yeah, interesting. Not, and again, not that I don't like them. It's just that I like 10 more better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So number 10, I have, and I don't have very many album and I don't have very many songs that aren't on, I guess, the second album to the fifth album. So there's not very many that yeah. aren't. So I have two that start at the bottom of my list, of course. Yeah, cool. yeah, right. <laughs> so number 10, I have Fear of the Dark. So I really oh, like yeah, song. for sure. And that's definitely also a Bruce song. Like you can just tell <laughs> that that's Bruce and Iron Maiden right there. Yeah. And number nine, I have Tail Gunner from No Prayer oh, for the Dying. Nice. And I probably only listened to a few songs on that album, but that would be one of them. 
<laughs> number eight, I have another life, which is on Killers. Oh. And it's a really, it's not, it's not, it's probably a surprising track for me to say. It's one of my favorites, but I just, I just, it's short and whatever, quick, but I, I don't know. And I love the drumming in that song there. Yeah. I don't, so that's why I have that as my number eight. Nice, there. interesting. And number seven, I have Killers. Oh, yeah, it's one that I was thinking Yes, I just I love like Steve's bass line in that too, of course, and Deano's vocals on that one. Yep, yep. Number six, I have, oops, sorry, I'm reading the wrong list here. <laughs> Wait, what, okay, wait, what did I just say? Sorry. Killers. I said killers. That's wrong. Sorry, forget that. I was reading. <laughs> I wrote my list twice and that was wrong. So I had Tail Gunner. Sorry, Tail Gunner is 10. Fear of the Dark was nine. Number eight was Another Life. Did I say that yet? No, yeah. I did. Okay. Or I did say that. Number eight is Another Life. Number seven is actually Still Life from Peace of oh, Mind. Oh, wow. And I love that kind of poster guys yeah. kind of lyrics. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Bodies in the pool and stuff. Right. Not sure that's what I didn't read about it, but that could be that. <laughs> Number six, I got Flight of Icarus, which is, it's a short one. It's a single from Peace of Mind, but yeah. I love that song. And you just, you were talking about Bruce holding uh, notes. Right, right. Yeah. For like 15 seconds. I think I used to have my watch and time to <laughs> right. hold that yep. note. I lied. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> Number five, I have Power Slave. I love that song and I love that album. And number, which of course is from the Power Slave album. Number four, I have The Trooper. And which is, of course, Peace of Mind. Number three is The Same As You, Number The Beast. And so that would be my first one off. Now, see, when I when I listened to that album, because it's funny, because it's the Number of the Beast song was the first song on side two. Uh-huh, I can't right. remember when yeah. I was 16 if I played side one first or if I played side two first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might have seen the number of the beast singing, all this has got to be the first song, so, but I can't right. recall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, either way, I liked Invaders or I liked the number of the beast. I can't remember which one was. Yeah. So number two is Killers. Sorry, I had the yeah. wrong list here. Number two, I put Killers because it's one of my favorites. And my number one song. Now, I did say this earlier. Sorry, I screwed that up. But number one is Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. And of course, it's the 13 minute or is it? Right. Yeah, 13 minute song. But yeah, I love that song. Yep. Yep. Good song. So we didn't talk about uh, seeing them live. Like, I forgot oh. we were going to do that before this. So let's see. I've, I've probably seen them live. 10 times at least. I don't know. My first time, like I mentioned earlier, was November 1984 uh-huh. on yeah, the Power Slave. Power Slave Tour. Twisted Sister opened up for them. Yep. And which is fine because I like Twisted Sister at the yeah. time too. And I remember taking, because I live in St. Mary's, Ontario, which is about two hours from Toronto. Okay. Me and buddy took a bus because they had a bus like bus tour things to the Siren Maiden oh, concert nice. so those two buses from London Ontario so we had to I think one of our parents drove us to because we didn't have a car and <laughs> drove us yeah. to London we got on this bus went with a bunch of stoned and drunk and yeah. rowdy people heavy metal people <laughs> right and the bus driver threatened to pull the bus over so we're really? like, <laughs> up or whatever <laughs> that's funny so, so we get there Twisted Sister was already planned but so it was dark, and I'm like scared because this is the first concert I've been to was this one, not just nice. my first Iron Maiden concert, my first ever concert. Yeah, that's and good. Was, and I was 18 at the time, I yeah, think. Right. Yeah, yep. But 
anyway so yeah so that power slave tour that's the first one i've seen and i've seen them like i said 10 times i've seen them i saw them in montreal at heavy montreal festival whatever can't remember the year of course of that i've seen them with let's see anthrax open for them a group called wasted with pete way open guns and roses open for them once i remember that because axel rose was mad that nobody was standing up for him and they say you're just here to see maiden and going yes we are whatever shot (laughs) yeah let's see the last one is probably it's probably been eight or something years me and my wife adopted two kids they were 11 and 9 when we got them and so their first (laughs) concert was iron maiden of course you're going to see what daddy likes that's classic all right (laughs) so how about you how many times do you think you've seen them? i don't know Uh, it's not as many as you i don't think um like i said i saw them in 81 uh with uh well they were alone that was the killers tour with Paul. The next time I saw them was at an outdoor amphitheater. Um, it was off of um, Number of the Beast. However, they played second. They opened for Scorpions. Oh, and that mm-hmm. was Scorpions Blackout tour. And there were three bands. the The opener, the very to kick the show off, was. Uh, girls school so i saw oh. mm-hmm. i saw with maiden within a period of a month and about or a year and two months i saw maiden twice one was That's with good. one was with paul and clive and the second time was well paul was on of course there but clive burr was on drums yet so i saw them that tour which is really cool what a great triple bill that was that was fantastic mm-hmm. and then i saw the same tour you did and, and twisted sister opened for maiden on that tour um the power slave tour that was a fantastic show but then yes i i saw them also with blaze bailey um mm-hmm. in milwaukee milwaukee does not get the kind of shows we used to yes um, just to give you an idea of size milwaukee's metro area is 1.5 million people but in the united states that's like the 40th 41st 42nd largest market only so we get mm-hmm. some, get passed over a lot because chicago is only an hour and a half south of here um so they get every show because that's yeah. a huge market you're talking eight million people in that market top three in the united states so they get every show yes. so they just unfortunately my tongue gets skipped over a lot and i'm mm-hmm. <laughs> I get frustrated by that because I'm not going to Chicago. Um, <laughs> I'm not going there. We don't get along with those people. <laughs> There's a rivalry between uh, the two states, as a matter of fact, Illinois and Wisconsin. We don't. Oh, okay. It's, it's just it's 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 odd, <laughs> but um, it's true. And then I saw them. I wonder, I think I only saw them one more time. Oh, yeah, I did. It was at, I, speaking of Chicago, I went down to Chicago to see them. That was like uh, 2000. What was that one tour they did? It was not off of an album. 18, 17? Mm-hmm. 2018. Well, I was on a bus also, as a matter of fact. It was really cool. We rented a bus. A bunch of, guys, a bunch of guys did. And we, we, went down to this place called tinley park that too is an outdoor amphitheater and that was with well to see maiden and i don't remember what year it was was that 2018 it might have been 18 not sure 
So it's only a few times, and it's not because I don't want to go see him. It's because I don't want to play in my city. Mm, yeah, I see. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just because they were there. They came to my town from the very beginning. Yes. I look at it, you know. Yeah, when you need fans, you play this. Now you don't. You're just kind of like. You're going to have to send like, Bruce a message or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to tell him. <laughs> Actually, yeah, another so, live. Uh, two or two other. Okay, I don't know if you've seen this tour, but I've seen the tour where they did where they only played songs from the first four albums. Did you see that one or did that no, possible for you? No, they they okay. they flew over. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Because I think Motorhead was an opener, and I also oh. think uh, I can't remember if Halford, because he went by himself with oh. Solo, he might have been there too. I, yeah. big, I'm not sure. I know Motorhead was there for sure. I remember oh, Lemmy and cool. Motorhead, and they only played songs on the first four albums, so that's like my favorite Maiden concert. I would have liked to seen Power Slave two songs, but still. They only did songs in the first four, so that was great to see. Because yeah. I heard Another Life. That's like the only time. I don't think they've played Another Life live very often. <laughs> or <laughs> right. Still Life, too. I think I heard Still Life also oh, live. And wow. I would never hear that regularly. Yeah. That's Maybe pretty cool. <laughs> and another one special thing was one of my other writers there, Eric, who lives in Virginia. He came up to yeah. visit me. I can't remember the year, I and mean, we'll talk about it because we're I'm doing a podcast with him about the number of the beast sometime oh, soon. Yeah, right. And we'll talk about this then, but I'll just briefly say so we saw them at this place called Massey Hall in Toronto, which is a small venue. It only holds oh, like right. three thousand people. And so it was awesome seeing Aaron Maiden in a place that yeah. small. Right. <laughs> Because yeah. it's reserved, it's more of a place, you know, where Dream Theater, who doesn't, who is popular, but you know, they're not Iron Maiden popular, right. so that's right. places Dream Theater would play or whatever. And it was actually, it was when Bruce returned to Iron Maiden. It was only the seventh show after he came back after he left. Like, but he's Bailey was in it, yeah. so Bruce came back, and that was like the seventh show of the tour after right. Bruce rejoined the group. And it was for that video game they had that Ed oh, thing. Sure, it yeah. was a tour to promote the video game. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, yeah, so we've seen them live lots of times. <laughs> cool, man. Yep, when I saw them with Blaze, that was in a venue that was only 1,500 people capacity. Oh. So up close and personal. And you think about that today, Maiden played it. It was a place called The Rave in Milwaukee. It's like, they played mm -hmm. at The Rave? Holy cow really yeah <laughs> now for me i never seen them with paul diano as i mentioned and i never yeah. seen them with clive burr on the drums yeah, right. and i never seen them with blaze bailey because yeah. i didn't really like those albums much so i didn't really bother probably going to see them i guess yeah totally and, understand that but i feel but, very yeah. fortunate to have been to seen some of the, the younger uh, days yes other guys play yeah. okay so i'll wrap this up this was a great episode yes. talking about this 1980 masterpiece <laughs> yeah <laughs> so thank you stuff. tom for joining me yeah, and hopefully Blake. we'll get you on another podcast soon yeah, we'll do it we'll do it i appreciate it, it was great chatting it's good bring up some good memories and uh, yeah it's good show yeah thanks a lot for having me on okay thank you tom and thanks everybody for listening Till yes. next week right. goodbye bye-bye